Shalom and welcome to Unstoppable Faith. Uh, this is your doc, Dr. Kazumba Chows. I'm glad you're joining us today because we have a very special guest once again. On today's program, Dorina Gilmore uh, Young, she is going to be sharing on uh, Don't Just Run. So, let me tell you briefly about Dorina Gilmore Young. She's a writer, speaker, former news reporter, a long-time runner. She blogs at DorinaGilmer.com, and she's a contributor on Day Springs Courage Writing Team. Dorina, she's written this powerful book that I want you uh, to get hold of once you hear every single bit of uh, our tips on this devotional book. I want you to stay tuned. And we'll be right back with my guest. Welcome to Unstoppable Faith with Dr. Kazumba Charles. This program is designed to inspire you to stand on the Word of God and to help you build unshakable and unstoppable faith in Jesus Christ. Here's your host, Dr. Kazumba. Help me welcome my guest today, Dorina. Welcome on the program. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Kazumba. It's an honor to be here with you today. Now, let's begin by uh, you telling us a little bit about yourself, first of all. Well, thank you for that wonderful introduction. I am a mother of three girls. I am an author and a speaker. I do some spoken word poetry, and my love is running. And I wrote a book about that. Um, but really, at the heart of it, I am a Bible teacher. I love to share God's Word in all different ways. We're going to focus on the topic uh, um, uh, on, uh, from your book, actually, the extract from your book uh, that you've written, uh, Walk, Run, and Soul. I love that. Now, walk us through what is this book all about? Well, this is a devotional book, and the way that it's designed, it's 52 devotionals or chapters. What I am doing through the book is actually coaching people. It's ushering them into a journey where they are learning to connect with God and His presence um, through exercise, through walking or running, whatever pace you're called to. And I love the idea that it's not just exercise for the sake of losing calories or getting in shape, but that when we move our bodies, we actually have the opportunity to connect with God in a deeper way. We can pray, we can worship, we can abide in Him as we walk and run. Would you mind telling us a little bit about the grief experienced uh, when your husband died? How did that affect your running and your relationship with God? Yes, thanks for asking. So back in 2014, my husband, Eric Lee, um, we had been married for 11 years, and we were actually helping to lead a nonprofit organization in the country of Haiti. So we have worked for many years in Haiti. Our daughters that year were ages two, five, and eight. So we're raising three little girls and doing a lot of travel back and forth between California and Haiti. 
Well, that year, my husband was turning 40, and he was very excited about this decade that he was entering into. He had planned to do many different um, races because he was a marathoner. He was also a triathlete, and we also had several trips that were planned. So we had our calendar squares filled. We were excited. And then we started to notice that he had this bump that was growing on his hip, and we thought it might be a sports injury. But long story short is that in May of that year, he was diagnosed with stage four melanoma cancer. And it was a, a wild surprise to us. It was something very unexpected. And as you know, stage four is pretty grave when it comes to cancer. So that allowed us or actually kind of forced us to pivot away from our ministry to stop any of the plans that we had for that year. And we focused more on his care. And that summer, actually, his body deteriorated very quickly and he flew to heaven in September of that year. So just three months later, after the first diagnosis that we had received, so as you can imagine, um, as a widow at age 37, I really had no idea what the future would hold. And I had three little ones that I was trying to help them navigate the grief journey. I actually made a decision to step back from my leadership of the nonprofit in Haiti and to really focus on healing and my own grief journey. And so as far as running, I've been a runner since I was a little girl, and running was one of the great outlets that I had. It was one of the ways that I connected with my husband, Eric Lee. He was my coach. We ran hundreds of miles together. We ran many races together, and we coached uh, many people together. And so at first, running was really difficult for me to even think about returning to because it was such a strong reminder to me that he was no longer with me. But I knew that running was something I had to redeem because it was such a part of who I was. And so I can remember that first week when he was gone, just going out to the local track where some of my friends were running who were part of our running team. And my body was trembling. I was afraid to take that first step. But I felt the Holy Spirit inviting me. And so I started running around the track. And it was kind of like I could hear my husband's voice from heaven, who was just encouraging me to lift my knees, to breathe deeply, and to keep going. And I knew in that moment that moving forward, not forgetting about him, but moving forward with my life and living out his legacy would be really important. And so I continued to run. And these last six years that he has been gone, running has been that place of respite for me. It's been a place where I've been able to connect with God and really where I have experienced a lot of healing. First of all, I would like to say, you know, uh, sorry for your loss um, uh, to you and your family. Um, you are a courageous woman. Uh, I can tell, and, uh, you know, uh, may the Lord just bless your family. Uh, and that's why we have you on this program, because we know your courage and what you stand for and what you've gone through will teach a lot of people, a lot of us, on how to find courage 
and the determination and to move forward because the key is, like you said, not forgetting him, but to move forward. This brings me to another question that we're going to look at here. What has running taught you about courage? I'm a former soccer player myself. And, uh, you know, so I know exactly what sports uh, can do to your life. But I want to know from you, what has running taught you about courage? And uh, the Old Testament talks a lot about courage. And I want you also to throw in there what biblical courage really is. What a great question. Well, you know, there is a lot about courage in the Bible. And what comes to mind right away is Joshua and the story of Joshua in the book of Joshua in the Old Testament. And one of my favorite verses is in Joshua 1, 9, where it talks about being strong and courageous. And I think it's so interesting because God actually has to remind Joshua, who is this great warrior who was following in the footsteps of Moses, he needed to remind Joshua to be strong and courageous. In fact, he says that phrase several times throughout Joshua chapter 1. And so as I think about biblical courage, I think about what Joshua was needing during this time. You know, we talk about courage a lot in our culture, and especially in American culture. Courage often is connected with being brave and being bold and standing up for yourself. And a lot of times it's this notion that we have to find this courage within our own being. But I think what the Bible shows us is that courage actually comes from God. Courage is a characteristic of God. And the only way that we can actually get courage is when God gifts it to us. He gives it to us as a gift. And so we see here in Joshua 1 that, that God is saying, be strong and courageous. In a way, he is offering that courage to Joshua. Amen. I think that's something that I've learned with running as well. You asked me about running. And, you know, with running, I have learned that sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you have to get up early. Sometimes your body hurts. And having courage for me is asking God, help me to move forward. Help me to take that next step. Give me strength that I don't have right now. And that's, I think, the nuance between courage that we talk about in the world and biblical courage. That is uh, well said, especially just our own uh, uh, biblical uh, courage, uh, because, you know, we need that courage. We need to, to you know, to, to really have uh, the courage to go through uh, so many issues and things that comes along the way. That will bring us to another uh, question. And actually, this one, you've written it in your book. Uh, uh, you've, you know, your book is a very powerful uh, uh, devotional book. And I want our viewers, if you're just joining us, I am here on the program today with my guest, uh, Dorina Gilmore. She's here and she's sharing something powerful. Don't, don't even go away. Now, here is uh, my next question here. Uh, uh, in devotion, in one of your devotions, actually, uh, you talk about running through obstacles rather than over them. This is such a great way to connect running uh, with the Christian walk. What should our focus be as Christians when we encounter uh, 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 obstacles? 
Well, I want to go back and share a little story with you from my high school days. I was a track and field athlete and I love to run kind of the middle distance races and the relays. But one day I went to a track meet and my coach, his name was Mr. Churchill, and we called him Church. And Church came up to me and he said, Darina, I want you to try out the hurdle race. And I kind of looked at him like, well, I don't know how to run hurdles. He said, there's not too many people in the race today. I think you have a great chance. You have the fitness. I'm going to show you a little technique and I want you to try it. And so... He, middle of the track, he showed me what to do. I kind of learned a little, you know, quick technique, and then I went out and ran that first hurdle race. Um, so it's the 300-meter hurdles goes about three-quarters of the way around the track. Well, that race was something that I fell in love with. I love the idea that I could be challenged in this way. And after that track meet, I think I – got first or second place. I had grown a little bit of confidence. And then he connected we, me with another hurdle coach. So the hurdle coach was another teacher at my school. And Mr. Chrisberg, he explained to me, as I was doing the hurdles, he said, you know what? You are spending a lot of time jumping over the hurdles. I want you to run through the hurdles. And I stepped back and I thought, okay, what do you mean by that? And he explained that a lot of people, the way they, ho they approach that hurdle race is they'll be running and they will slow down and they will look at that hurdle and they will jump over it as high as they can so they can avoid that hurdle. But the way that you can actually shave off your time and win the race is to just run the same speed, actually sometimes speed up when you're getting to the hurdle and just graze over the top of it, snap your leg down and keep running. And so that's something that Mr. Kritzberg taught me. And little by little, I began to understand this really profound concept that I think actually can apply to our lives. And that's just that if we spend so much time focus on the hurdles, if we focus so much on the obstacles and the hardships in our lives, then our eyes are not on the Lord. Our eyes are not on the finish line. Our eyes are not on the horizon. And so I think about in James chapter 1, verses 2 and 4, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And that idea is right there in James that, you know what, we need to actually consider it joy when we find trials, when we have obstacles in front of us, and just to run through those hurdles. In another devotion, you talk about having the proper gear, the shoes, socks, and the clothes uh, that suits your environment. That suits your environment. I want to emphasize on that. What gear do we need and have as Christians? Well, you know, running is a sport where, thankfully, we don't need quite as much gear as some of the other sports like, say, football or rugby, but we do need to have proper gear like the shoes and the socks and even just having things that will help you. I use sunglasses because I live in California, and if I don't, then I am going to get headaches because the sun is so bright. These are practical things, gear that I use in the sport of running. And as you asked about, we also need to have the proper gear for the Christian life. I love the section in Ephesians chapter 6 that talks about the armor of God. 
maybe some of our listeners are familiar with that section. And it, it talks about how we have to have the belt of truth, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, that these are things that we equip ourselves with that our feet are fitted with these shoes that are like the gospel of peace. And so these are some of the things that I personally cling to. I try to suit up with them as I am going out into the world, reminding myself of God's word, which is the sword of the spirit, that I need to take his word with me. I need to memorize it. I need to meditate upon it so that when I am going out into battle or even when I'm going for a long run, that I have those things with me and it makes me a stronger athlete and a stronger Christian. Just absolutely powerful. I, I, I love, I love your teaching. Trust me. My goodness. Okay, the next one here, trusting your coach because as, as a runner, you have a coach. Why is trusting your coach a huge part of training? Oh, wow. I love talking about this because I am a coach now, and I have had the privilege of being coached by several people who have had a huge influence on my life. I mentioned Coach Churchill earlier, who we call church, and he was the first coach that I felt like really invested in me, not just as an athlete, but as a person. He would challenge me to do hard things. He would cheer me on and encourage me, and sometimes he would do something like giving me a scripture written on a piece of paper or a note card that I was supposed to take with me when I went running. And so he was a great model of a coach that was a strong Christian man in my life. Um, another coach was my late husband, Eric Lee. He was an amazing encourager, and he was the type of guy who could get someone to do something that they never believed that they could. So he was the one who really urged me to run my first marathon, which is 26 miles. It's a pretty long and crazy race, but he ran with me for three months and trained me for that race, and he ran me all the way to the finish line. And so the idea here is that we have to trust in our coach. We have to trust that they have our best interest in mind. If you don't trust your coach, if you're trying so hard to coach yourself, then we run into problems. And it talks about this in Proverbs 3, um, verse 5. This was actually Eric Lee's, one of his favorite verses. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And I love that proverb because it's a reminder that we're not to lean on our own understanding. And I have certainly lived that in my own life. You know, if you had asked me six years ago when my husband went to heaven, how I was thinking about the future, I was feeling distraught. I was asking God, okay, give me some details. What, what's this going to look like? Where should I go? How should I move? But Proverbs was bringing me back home and reminding me, okay, I've got to trust my coach. I have to trust that God has his glory and my good in mind. And even when we are just encountering those various trials, as it talked about in James, that we can trust him and we know that he is going to be there with us. And so I love just the idea of coaching because it means we walk alongside someone else. And that's exactly what Jesus is doing for us today. You know, what I like about all this is that, uh, you know, uh, athletes or sports really gives a deeper explanation of our spiritual life. 
it's it's so deep that when as as I'm sitting here listening to you, getting the picture of just your coach, listening to your coach, giving you the instruction, the encouragement. Oh my goodness! I don't wanna I don't wanna hide my two cents there. Let's move on. You talk a lot in your book about the importance of rest, self care. How are these related to the practice of running and regular exercise? How do you see running as a soul care? Well, I know that some people are probably thinking to themselves, running is not resting. <laughs> but I have found in my life that we need to do some kind of activity, some kind of practice that will connect us with God. And so some of us are wired this way that we need to move and able to, uh, to connect and to really see God. Some people, they can sit quietly in their rooms, maybe on a patio. But for me, I need to move. And so this is something that I have discovered along the way is that um, – when I want to connect to God, to go out and to run on a trail, to see the mountains, to see the rainbow sherbet colored sky, to see the sparkling blue lake, these are all things that draw me to the Lord. And so I'm actually resting because my soul is being restored by God. I think about in Psalm 23 where it talks about that the Lord is our shepherd and that he leads us beside still waters. And there's just such a beautiful picture there that God can restore us in that place. So I do talk about rest a lot in my book. And for people who are serious athletes or even, you know, just are running or walking for a hobby or a practice, the reality is that our bodies have to rest. And this is something that my new husband, Sean, taught me. He was an Ironman triathlete when we met. And one of the things I realized is that he had a lot of time in his schedule that he would train hard. And then on the weekends, he would actually take naps and he would rest. And he would allow his muscles to rebuild in that way. And the same is true in our Christian lives that we need to give ourselves that rest and God designed it that way right at the beginning of the world he created this seventh day of rest the Sabbath and it wasn't he the God of the universe who is all-powerful needed a nap no he was modeling it for us he wanted to invite us into this gift of rest and so that's why I talk about rest a lot in my book and in my life because I think it is something that is very countercultural. It's much easier for us to run at this fast, fast pace, and then one day we burn out. I want to pose this question. It wasn't on there. Uh, I, I know some people have made the jokes on this. They say, I can't go running. Only the wicked run when nobody is chasing them. Have you ever heard that? Well, honestly, I have a lot of friends who have started out saying that they hate running that they will never be runners. And I smile to myself and say, come along. <laughs> so I believe that moving is something that all of us need to do. There's a place for rest. There's a place for naps. There's a place for being on the couch and reading a book, all of those things. So I'm not trying to uh, insult that. 
But at the same time, there is a healing that can happen in us when we move. And so I would just encourage those friends to just take a walk, to take a walk around the neighborhood or to set your timer for 10 minutes and go down to the local track and walk around and just to see what happens in your body, your mind, and your soul when you start to move in that way. You know, 2020 has been a really hard year for people around the world with this pandemic and so many things going on in our culture. But one thing I've noticed is that a lot of people are getting out to walk, to run, to move. And I think part of the reason for that is because it is so good for our bodies. Amen. And it actually is healing to our souls. And that is, uh, that is true. We are to take care of uh, both our spiritual and our physical health. If you remember very well, viewers, I had Dr. Jackson on this program, a, a medical doctor, and we, he spoke exactly to that. So our, this is an interesting of a devotional book I don't want you to miss to get one. As you can see on the screen there, I want you to email, I want you to you know, to go and get that book and understand the depth of, uh, you know, uh, moving from walking to running and uh, soaring. And this book has uh, the depth of the spiritual context that I love. Now, let's go back as we begin to wind up our program today. Uh, my next question is, uh, I want us to tell us about the faith steps included at the end of each devotion. Thanks for asking. Yeah, the way that our chapters are set out is that we start with a scripture and then I write a devotional or kind of a story that invites us into the biblical teaching. And then following that is something called a faith step. So the faith step is just an action, a little step, something that the person reading can work on throughout that week or throughout that day, depending at what pace they're reading my book. So for example, I have one here that is in the chapter about rest. And it says, I encourage you to try a new practice. Take a walk at a nearby park. Jog in a different direction than you normally go. Choose a trail run to go in search of God's glory. Make your walk or your run into a time for noticing, listening, and praying. And see what God reveals to you. So that's an example of a faith step, just asking that person to take what they learn from the scripture and from their runs and then to take it one step further to step out in faith. Oh, that is powerful. Also uh, included, uh, you, you include a chat uh, to log miles each week. Can you tell us about that? Um, so we actually do include a little chart. I can show it in the book. And at the end of each chapter, there's this space where you can write about your runs. You can write down maybe something that God put on your heart while you were walking or running. There's a little place for mileage. So there's some of us who are runners who are kind of geeky about stats. And so it's fun to write down, okay, I completed two miles today or 10 miles today. And totaling up, I ran 20 miles this week. So getting to see our grow progress, I think, is such a good thing for us, both in exercise but also in life. Well, honestly, my prayer is that this book will inspire people to get to know God better. 
You know, we're called to abide with him. And I believe that abiding, being with God can happen when we are out on a walk or a run. A lot of times when we're in our homes or we're in our workplaces, we're so distracted, we're multitasking. But when we take a little time for a walk or a run, we can really connect with God in a deeper way. And like I've mentioned before, that's the place where I have felt his presence the powerfully. Oh, that, that is awesome. Uh, what is your prayer for the runners who pick up the bo this book? Well, I like to say this little phrase, every step matters. And a lot of times I think when we're starting a new practice, whether it's starting to run in the new year or maybe we're starting a new job or we are going to try out a new hobby, we put so much expectation on ourselves. And it's difficult to even just take that first step because we have such a heavy burden of expectation. But I tell myself, whether I'm training for a marathon or I'm doing something with my kids, that every step matters. And a lot of times that first step is the hardest step to take. So if you can get out there and take that first step, that is being an overcomer that is pursuing that is moving forward and then from there knowing that every step matters so if i'm going to run a marathon mile one is just as important as mile 26. it might feel different it might be harder or easier but mile one has to happen before i can get to mile 26 and that's why i say that every step matters May the Lord bless you. May the Lord watch over you. May the Lord keep, keep watching over you as you continue to join us here on Unstoppable Faith. God bless you. Until then, shalom, shalom. Faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. Thank you for tuning in to Unstoppable Faith with Dr. Kazumba Charles. If this program has been a blessing to you, write to us at life at and share your testimony.